Well, good morning. My name is Justin, and I was one of the youth interns here this summer at Fellowship, and um, we had an incredible summer. Uh, God worked in a ton of incredible ways, and um, we want to give you guys the chance to hear from some of them through our announcement team and our worship team. Um, and in just a few moments, there are going to be a couple of students who came on a couple of our trips, either our Danville missions trip, our Collinswood week, or our Panther missions trip, and they're just going to tell you uh, just a little bit about um, what they've done and how God works. So would you join me in welcoming Ben up here? Good morning. My name is Ben Shell, and I'm in the ninth grade at the King's Christian School. Over this past summer, I was part of the 2023 missions trip to Danville, Virginia. This trip was for 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. Partnering with an organization called Sun Servants, we worked at God's Pit Crew, a nonprofit disaster relief organization. Here, we swept and mopped the warehouse so that the volunteers could pack blessing buckets for disasters to come. We also tore up old flooring and repainted the warehouse walls. Along with working at God's Pit Crew, we also ran a vacation Bible school at the local Salvation Army. We sang songs, performed skits, and made crafts to teach the kids about Jesus. Then on the last day, we split into two groups, one going to a Salvation Army thrift store to help sort items, and the other group went to a local homeless shelter, where we put together a room and cleaned up debris. At night, every day, we would have what we call family time, where we'd all gather around and Ryan or Jared would ask us quick discussion questions. The first family time, we were asked why we came on the missions trip. After a little while, someone would answer the question, and then we kind of just wait until someone else was brave enough to answer. After all, we didn't really know most of each other, so why would we just answer the question in front of people we hardly knew? But by the end of the week, you could see how much God had changed our friendships. He had united a couple of middle schoolers into an amazing family. During this week, God had created new friendships that are sure to last. Now back to that first family time question. Some of the answers varied from, it sounded fun, or I went last time, and I was invited by a friend. But I can guarantee you that next year, our answers would definitely sound a little different. I think they would sound like I made great friends last time or I really saw God working when I went last year. All right. As I said before, we worked with a group called Sun Servants and their theme verse is John 12, 26. Whoever serves me will follow me and where I am, my servant will be. The father will honor the one who serves me, which they shorten into to love us to serve. Just like how, they, how it says in Mark 10, 45, even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. During the mission trip, I was able to see God and people who served with so much love and joy, sacrificing their time and money to serve God with others with no intention of serving themselves. As to, as lo to love is to put someone else's joy before your own, serving is a way that we can show our love to one another. One thing I realized is that we don't need to paint walls and tear up floors in order to serve, but we can serve in other ways, from holding the door to picking up trash. During this trip, I was really able to see God work in many amazing and magnificent ways. He made friends and memories that will remain in our hearts for as long as we live. Thank you so much. Hope you have a wonderful day. Hello, everyone. My name is Genevieve Ankar. I'm a sophomore at Haddon Heights High School. I go to the Kongswood campus and the youth group here in Mount Laurel. I went on most of the summer ministries they offered this summer. One of the summer ministries I went on was Kongswood Week VBS with Leader Up. Leader Up is a, is a Christian ministry supported by our church. They are committed to developing leaders from the area near our Kongswood campus. Each camp day started with Breakfast with the Campers, a four-class rotation including Bible class 
taught by our high school team. Lunch and a closing program. Kongswood Week was such an amazing experience for me. It grew me so much closer with the Lord and how much His presence changed my life. If I'm being honest, I was very nervous going into the week because I was going to be doing things that got me really out of my comfort zone. But with the love of the teens and leaders and God, I was able to have a great time teaching the kids Bible stories, memory verses, and great songs. Even having to practice over and over again in front of the leaders until we got it right was so worth it. The kids were awesome and so fun to teach. Their energy to learn every day about the Bible and Jesus just made made it so much more enjoyable. One of my favorite parts of the week was having the nightly sermons where we all got together and worshiped the Lord and just connected. The friendships I made that week will always be so special to me, as well as the memories. I will remember Kongswood Week forever, and I'm definitely going back next year. Thank you. Hey everyone, my name is Tyler Stewart, and I'm in 11th grade, so junior year, and I go to the King's Christian School. The trip that I went on that I'm going to give my testimony about is the Panther trip to West Virginia. The place where we stayed at was like an old school, and and I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. It was like an abandoned school, except it wasn't abandoned anymore because we were staying in it, and... And I think the church there owns it now. I remember walking in and instantly thought of like the boxcar children. I, I felt like this childlike sense of wonder kind of felt like this was, this was going to be a really cool adventure. And while I was walking in, I heard multiple people saying things like, I'm home, I'm back, finally back. I loved every second of the trip. When we arrived, we were split into different work groups, mixing with the other churches that also came. I think it was two other churches, but the FCC group was uh, the largest. Uh, The groups we were split into, we were given tied wristbands corresponding to the color group we were. I was blue, and and our blue group, we ended up calling ourselves Blue Tacoma. So we'd go to our work sites and build anything from decks to house foundations to carports. And many of us were able to interact and build relationships with the owners of whoever's house or property we were working on. It's a lot slower out there compared to life. Uh, We live here in New Jersey, and I really liked it. And God was there with us. I felt like I was with Jesus, like I was eating with Jesus, serving with Jesus, playing games with Jesus, and sleeping with Jesus. But it wasn't like a big spiritual high. Like I was actually having a a spiritual low that week, which had started the week before. It felt like even though I was feeling kind of down and antisocial, like Jesus was still there with me. And Jesus didn't let me in my weakness get in the way of forming bonds with new people. He used it so I would have to rely on him through his people. So when we were eating dinner and laughing and joking around at the table, felt like he was right there eating and joking around with us. When me and the FCC dudes were upstairs rolling dice, felt like he was right there with us. It it kind of felt like church. <laughs> Being there 
really show me how much I love being with and being one of God's people. I love serving and living with my brothers and sisters. And the serving aspect made such a big difference, I think, because we were there to serve with intentions of something bigger than ourselves, the kingdom of God. We were there to serve our Lord and Savior Jesus by serving others. The main theme verse of Panther was John twelve twenty six. Um, whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there my servant will also be. My father will honor the one who serves me. And we sang a song of that every night. Um, the song reminded me that to love is to serve. It was a chorus part of it. Um, I made a lot of memories at Panther. Too many to keep in my head all at once. When I was writing this, they all started coming back to me. I don't think I can think of one memory that doesn't have Jesus in it in some way, shape, or form. I really got to see Jesus demonstrate himself in his people, and that was amazing. Thank you. All right, give it up for the youth, man. I don't know about you, but it is, uh, it's hard to get up here and talk and just imagine doing that as a teenager. So really proud of everyone from the announcements crew to everyone, um, able to help out. Does anyone hear that cricket? Yeah. Okay. He's worshiping too. Don't worry. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's a spider on this stage. Did you guys not see that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, good morning. Uh, my name is Jared Hacking. I happen to be the youth pastor here at FCC, and I love being a part of this Sunday and be able to give you guys kind of just a window of what the youth experience this summer and how they're able to serve him. So thank you so much for um, sticking with us and listening attentively as well. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 22 uh, this morning, I'm starting in verse Seven, looking at um, one of the recordings of the Last Supper, the disciples celebrating the Passover meal with Jesus. Luke chapter 22, um, starting in verse 7, says this. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat it. They said to him, where will you have us prepare it? He said to them, behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters and tell the master of the house, the teacher says to you, where's the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished, prepare it there. And they went out and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. 
Let's pray this morning. Lord, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much, God, that you have invited us to a meal with you. God, as you invited your disciples into having a meal. God, thank you so much for the um, many youth um, who made this summer possible and, and are participating um, this Sunday and, and even the ones that um, participate and are, aren't here. Lord, thank you so much for their hearts of service. God, I, I pray that you would use these moments, these trips, God, as a seed that would grow um, into many, uh, much fruit, Lord, for your kingdom, that they would learn to trust you more, depend on you more, and have a greater faith in you, God. And I pray, God, that even um, us uh, sitting here in these seats today, God, would be impacted by these youth, Lord. Your word clearly says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. God, there is, uh, your spirit does not look at age, God, but he looks at willingness, submission, and humility, God. And, and even your word says that we might be like little children for you. Lord, so I just thank you so much. I pray that your spirit work in and around us this morning and that you let your word speak volumes. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to be uh, looking at this passage today. And um, I want to first look back and I just realized that I literally did not print off a passage of my, nope, here it is. Okay, we're good. We're good. I thought I was going to have the freestyle. Oh, <laughs> I want to look at this passage this morning, and before we really enter into the passage, I just want to look at, because I think we run to the communion table so often, and we just want to celebrate communion, and these disciples, um, we understand that they weren't celebrating communion. They were celebrating Passover, right? They were celebrating the, the Passover meal, and I just want to flashback of what that Passover me meal uh, represented and what it symbolized. Um, we have to understand that um, this celebration was different than what we were celebrating today, um, but it was a time of remembrance for the people of Israel. It was a time to look back and see where they had come from. Um, many of you might already know this story. Some of you might need to be reminded, but I think it's so important that we look back and see what actually these disciples and um, the Jewish people of that day were really looking back, um, and still to this day, what Jewish people are looking back for. Um, Israel is not even a nation Right. If you flash back to uh, the book of Exodus, they were not a nation. They were just a group of people enslaved by the Egyptians. Right. They were under this harsh rule of Pharaoh. They were mistreated, um, beaten uh, under this um, terrible yoke of slavery. You remember um, God sent plagues on the Egyptian, multiple plagues, terrible plagues like locusts and frogs and turning the water into blood and all these things. But one of the worst possible plagues, the last plague was the plague of the firstborn son, right? And Moses did what he continued to do. He marched up and he told Pharaoh, you know, if, if, if you don't do this, if you don't let the people go, the Lord is going to take each and every firstborn son from this place here. And you'll hear um, a cry come out of Egypt for this. But he said, but he told his people, the Israelites, he said, to be saved from this, you're going to take a uh, unblemished lamb and you're going to sacrifice this lamb for me. And you're going to take the blood of that lamb and you're going to wipe it all over the doorpost, right? All over the doorpost. And when God comes through and he, um, as he comes through, the angel of death comes through, he will pass over 
these houses that have had the blood smeared all over the posts because Jesus saw and God saw the sacrifice that was made, um, the sacrifice. And that's where they get the name of Passover because God's spirit passed over them. And every part of this Passover meal was symbolic. So the bread that they ate reminded them of the bread that um, the Israelites ate back in Egypt and the hardship that they endured. There were bitter herbs that they served that reminded them the bitterness of the yoke of slavery. There was salt water actually on the table that reminded them of their people's tears and hardship they endured. The main course of the meal was symbolic. It was the lamb. They would eat this sacrificed lamb. Each family would do it. They gave instructions. And if you had too small of a family that a lamb was going to be too big, you'd actually go to your neighbor's house and come together in the Passover meal, sharing this together. Eat. And everything, a part of this Passover meal, was symbolic. It was, a, it was a, uh, a moment to remember where the Israelites had come from, where, they, where God had taken them out of Egypt, out of slavery, turning them into a nation. And it was commanded, each and every year, you'll practice this. Each and every year, you'll sit down with your families and have this Passover meal. So this is where we pick up in this passage with the disciples, that this is what they're preparing. This is everybody was here. A lot of people made the journey into Jerusalem to make this happen. And we get to this portion of scripture and um, Jesus is telling his disciples to go make preparations. He kind of gives them this random uh, command, go find this man. He's going to be carrying a water. He say, go find the room that was prepared for him. And the disciples are like, the disciples have been with Jesus for so long that they're like, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to find the man. There's no doubts now. We'll just find him. And I'm sure there'll be a room prepared for us. So they go out and they go like they're going to have an ordinary Passover meal, right? They go in and they sit down and Jesus reclines. And he just says this beautiful statement. And he says, He's, I've been so desirous to have this meal with you today. I've been looking forward to this before I suffer that I might sit down and have this meal. Now, Jesus flips the script here. He doesn't follow any of the rituals. He literally takes the bread and he's supposed to say something completely different. And he says, this is my body that was broken for you. And then he takes the cup and he's supposed to say something completely different. It's recognizing and representing something completely different. He says, this is my blood of the new covenant. I mean, these disciples just must be so confused. Like they're like, no, Jesus, I thought you were a Jew. Like I thought you knew like the rituals, like what's going on here? They must have been so confused um, and just kind of discombobulated of what was going on. Imagine they felt um, how I felt yesterday. I went to my first Phillies game. I know that's surprising. Go Phils, right? Red October or something like that. Um, I'm not a baseball fan. Um, I like, live and breathe soccer. That's what I played growing up. I never played baseball. I tried it one time. I had a neighbor that was really into baseball and we had a catch and we were throwing it back and forth. And like, long story short, the baseball hit me in the face. I'm like, this isn't fun. This ball is really hard and it's hard to catch. The soccer ball is way big, easier to dodge. I can see it coming and softer. It's not hard. What do they make these things out of? So I went to my first Phillies game with a couple of my buddies to celebrate a birthday. And I had no idea what I was doing. I thought like, since I understand soccer and some sports, like I thought I could just like jump in and like just understand it. It's super confusing. I couldn't even find the score at first. I'm like, what are all these numbers? What's our, like all the guys next to me, you can ask them like, I'm like, 
oh, what's our pitcher's name again? What's this guy? What color are we wearing? And I'm just shouting generic phrases out like, catch the ball, hit it, smack it, hit a dinger. I've heard that. Someone say that before. Like, I'm just throwing things out because I have no idea what I'm doing. I expected that it was going to be pretty easy to pick up. And I, I didn't even understand how innings work. I'm like, they switch? Do they switch every other inning? Like this seventh, we're, we're taking a break now and we're singing a song. This is so strange. Like soccer is so much simpler. There's 45 minutes. If the ball goes out a lot, they add some minutes to that. Then there's a commercial break. And then there's another 45 minutes. That's it. All right, you clearly see when people score, there's people hitting it. There's a whole like foul ball thing. And like, it's very confusing. Right. And I just like imagine that these disciples thought they were going into something they could understand, thought they were like going into a thing that was familiar to them. And they're, they're waiting for the phrases, right? And the liturgy to start happening and, and, and the correct phrases. And Jesus is saying something completely different. And they must have been confused, right? You have to get in the minds of the disciples here. They didn't believe. Jesus was actually going to die. They thought their Messiah was going to come and conquer, right? They're just waiting. They're like, this is, this is going to be the moment, right? After Passover. And he's saying, I'm so glad to have this meal with you before I suffer. They're like, suffer? I didn't know that was part of the plan, Jesus. When I signed up, when I, when I joined, you just gave us a lot of fish. It was like, cool. It was like free candy, hop on the boat. Like, we're good. This wasn't a part of the plan for them. And now he's breaking bread with them. And he's saying, this is my body that's broken for you. And this is the blood of the new covenant. I mean, what's happening at this meal? They thought they were coming to an ordinary Passover meal. And what's happening in this meal is monumental. Jesus has flipped the script on Passover. He's saying, this bread, this is a symbol of what's going to happen to me. I'm going to be broken. I'm going to be beaten. And I'm going to do it for you. And this glass of wine, this red glass of wine, this represents my blood for you. It's going to be poured out for you. And this blood is the sign of the new covenant. I don't think the disciples were ready to hear that. Although the Jews knew that there was going to be a new covenant to come. It was prophesied all throughout all the Old Testament that there was going to be a new covenant. But here in this Passover meal, Jesus says, there's a new covenant and it's in my blood. It'll be sealed in my blood. This was a monumental moment for the disciples and Jesus. They're celebrating the Passover land. The passage said this was the day that the Passover land would be sacrificed. And you know what Jesus is saying here? I, I'm the lamb. I'm the sacrificial lamb that's going to be sacrificed. I'm going to go suffer. I'm, my body's going to be broken. My blood is going to be poured out. I'm sealing the new covenant. I am the Passover lamb. I'm the perfect sacrifice, the one and done all all for one complete eternal sacrifice covering over all of our sins. Right before this, the Israelites would continually make sacrifices as part of their daily rituals, as part of their cleansing rituals to cleanse themselves 
and ask for forgiveness. What Jesus is saying here is, no, there's a new covenant coming and it's going to be in my blood and it's going to be poured out for the forgiveness of all people. The father's wrath has passed over you and it's being poured out on me, on the, our savior. Jesus is telling his disciple that he's going to suffer and he's die and he's going to die and he's willing to do it for them. And he's willing, and he was willing to do it for you. Like I said, this was prophesied long ago and was highly anticipated by the Jews. There's a passage in Jeremiah 31 um, that I want to read to you. Jeremiah 31, um, starting in verse 31, says this, Behold, the days are coming. This is hundreds of years before, right? The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. That's what they were celebrating. That's what they were remembering when, they, when, she, when God brought them out of the land of Egypt. He said, that covenant they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sins no more. This is the covenant Jesus was talking about. I bet you that the disciples had no idea that they're gonna sit down in this meal and Jesus is gonna say, this is the new covenant. It's in me, it's in my blood. And it's for everyone from the least of you to the greatest. And it will cover all sins. My forgiveness will be on. And not only will I have a law, right? But I'm gonna write that law on your hearts and on your minds, right? A couple of chapters later, he's gonna promise that he's gonna pour out his spirit on his disciples that we would know without a doubt the Spirit's work in our life, the, the law written on our hearts and mind. He said that old covenant, your father's broke time and time and time again. But this new covenant, it's for you. And there will be forgiveness for your sins. I will remember your sins no more. I will pass over your sins. And what Jesus is saying is, someone's got to take the punishment. Someone has to make the sacrifice for this new covenant. And, and although the responsibility is on us, although the sin issue is within us, Jesus said, yeah. my body will be broken. My blood will be poured out. And I'm doing this for you. This, this is the new covenant Jesus is talking about. This is the covenant in his blood. This is what it meant to the disciples, they're sitting in this Passover meal thinking, did he just say, did he just say new covenant? What, did, did you hear that? This is what he was doing. Then we come to us today, right? We know what it meant to the Israelites back and what they were remembering that Passover meal. We now understand what the disciples were feeling and what it meant to them, how monumental it was. And then we come today about the Lord's Supper and communion. And what does it mean to us? Because we know Jesus has died and resurrected, right? We are living in that new covenant today. 
I don't know if you knew that or not. Spoiler alert, we're in the new covenant. Right? So why should we do this? Why should we practice the Lord's Supper? Why should we come here every couple months or so and take communion? Well, one, Jesus said to do it. He said, do this. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this. And Paul actually follows up with the command in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. He says this, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then. And so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. Paul's literally saying, I've, I've heard this delivered from the Lord. Now I'm giving it to you. He said, do this in remembrance me. And Paul gives it a little ending. He says, proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Right? So we are to do this until the Lord comes again. We are to practice this. We are to remember his death, remember his sacrifice. It's our opportunity to remember what Jesus did for us, what he sacrificed, his body broken, his blood spilled. I don't know about you, but how often do you take out of your work day or your school day or your home life and say, you know what? I'm going to be intentional and I'm going to think about Jesus' death and sacrifice for me. Maybe you do that often and like hats off to you. That's awesome. But I know that Jesus knew that we were going to need to remember this, to sit in this, to think about it often. It's our, also our opportunity to examine ourselves, not to flippantly practice communion all right, Paul makes this clear um, with a warning. Uh, the Corinthians he was writing to were casually approaching communion. If you flash back a couple verses before, like people were showing up to communion drunk. People were showing up to communion like two fools, so they didn't want to participate in communion. People were doing it like by themselves. And Paul's like, guys, what are you doing? Right? He was correcting them. He said, don't do this casually. Right? Jesus commanded this. Don't do this in an unworthy manner, but do it in a, a worthy manner. Right, And sometimes when we hear that, oh, don't do it in an unworthy manner, it makes us not want to participate. It makes us not want to partake. But Paul's saying, don't do it in an unworthy manner. Examine yourself so then you can practice this, so that you can examine this, so that you can remember the Lord's death. It pre uh, presents us, communion presents us with an opportunity for confession and repentance and gives us the chance to embrace forgiveness and grace. This that is why Jesus died. He said, my blood will be spilled for the forgiveness of your sin. So we're not asking you, and Paul's not asking you to come to the communion table and perfection. What he's saying is don't come casually and flippantly. What he's saying is examine yourself. Ask God, Lord, is there anything I need to repent of? If there's anything, is there a way I spoke to my wife this past week? Is there a way I spoke to my parents or my brother or sister or how I acted in school this week that I need to think on and bring before the Lord and said, Lord, that wasn't of you. And I'll confess that to you. I want to examine myself so that I might come before you. This process is a process of embracing 
forgiveness and grace that is freely offered. So what he's saying is unworthy manner, just, just don't come flippant. Don't come casually to the, the altar of God. God doesn't um, require perfection of us. What he requires is an open heart before him. To lay it before him, Lord, this is where I'm at. And if you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus and, and, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that's okay. Don't feel any pressure to partake in this. This really isn't for you. It's kind of hard to remember and think on something you don't believe in, right? But I do ask that you maybe just start that stirring and say, man, I may have gotten dragged here this morning by a coworker or a family member, but is this real? Is this really happening? So we're going to practice this together and I'm just going to give us some time um, of just silent prayer because I think like when we start handing out the communion, I try to start praying and exam myself and then I'm like, is the basket coming? Is the basket coming? And uh, I'm ADD, so I like legit cannot focus if the basket is moving. So we're not going to pass the basket yet. We're just going to have a time of prayer. Go before the Lord, right? Confess if you need to confess and just think and examine and think on his sacrifice. Think of his body broken for you. Think of his blood poured out for you. And then we're going to pray. And then after we pray, I'm going to ask some of the youth to come out and hand out uh, things. But let's just go before the Lord. We come before you this morning, God, and we ask that you'd examine us, Lord. The psalmist said, Lord, see if there's any hidden way in my heart. God, I just thank you so much for your perfect sacrifice. Lord, the new covenant in your blood that gives us the forgiveness of our sins, Lord. There's nothing we can work or do or accomplish, God. It's really what your son's already accomplished for us, Lord. I'm so grateful, God, that you're willing to send your son, to allow his body to be broken, to allow his blood to be spilled, spilled, God. Thank you for loving us that much, God. And I pray that this, this idea and this, this remembrance of your sacrifice, God, would be in the forefront of our minds, God, as we go to our work weeks or school, that we would remember your sacrifice and that it would actually stir us up that we'd live sacrificially, that we'd receive the love you freely give, God, and that we'd love the rest, all the people around us with that perfect love, our family, our friends, our neighbors, God, even our coworkers. God, I pray that you just stir up whatever you need to stir up this morning, God, through your spirit that you'd convict Lord, and that there'd uh, be confession after this service, God, and that there'd be um, people running up to one another apologizing for past sins, Lord. God, and that you'd open up our hearts that we'd receive your love, your grace, and your forgiveness for us, God. Thank you so much for your perfect sacrifice, Lord. We thank you for the blood that was spilled that we are covered in now, Lord. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I ask the youth to come forward and distribute the elements. Jesus said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And took the cup in the same way and he said, this cup 
is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.